0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. So we had uh, Chris Russo on, Mad Dog Sports Radio, on, here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max uh, a little while ago. And listen to the end of the segment between Key and Chris.
1: All right, Chris. I appreciate it, and uh, the two of you, Jay, you were a great player, and Keyshawn. I know sometimes you get mad at me. I'll tell you one thing: you were. I a don't get year. mad at you. I got I
2: mad at you in nineteen ninety six because you were screaming at me on the first interview, and I had to hang up. That true? Was I really? Jeez. <laughs> yes, you it's were. A, it's a little belated, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. A little belated, later, though.
2: Yeah, no, it it uh, in ninety six, So I was holding out for the Jets, and the, and you know they're. At the time, what was it, uh, Max? It was uh, Mike, and, Mike the and the Mad Dog. Dog yeah. Mike and the Mad Dog. And so I went on to an interview as I was holding out. And they, uh, I signed with the Jets, so I went on to the interview. I was the first person, you know, first interview I had in New York City, blah, 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 blah. And so they asked me to come on. I go on. And literally, I get like one word. I'm like, yeah, you know, and they start just screaming at me back and forward. One guy hits me in the left ear. The other one hits me in the right. Why would you hold out? I don't understand. You're the number one pick. You should have took the money. And I finally said, say, man, do me a favor. If y'all are going to yell and scream at me, this interview's going to be over. Okay, okay, good. That's before, <laughs> that's before you knew how they that, – that's just like a New Yorker talking. You didn't understand just, that back then. <laughs> I just hung up. I said, I'm done. Click. I told Frank Ramos, I said, never again. Don't ever put me on this show again in life. And that was it. And But, you know.
0: But you were back on Frank, the show. Frank
2: Ramos was our PR, a head PR guy of the New York Jets. He was handling the, the PR. And so it just was like, I'm never going back on that show again. I don't want, I don't feel like getting screamed at. Did you never go you back actually, on the show? I might have gone on one other time, maybe later on or something like that, you know, softened it up a little bit, but not not very many times, I promise you.
3: But, like, I also feel okay as an athlete. Like, w- what are you supposed to do, yell back? Well, no, it just turns into a lose-lose <laughs> scenario. You know what I mean? How are you supposed to respond to that?
2: You got to remember, 30 years later, I'm laughing because it's funny as hell that they thought they could get me on the show and bully me. New York bully, you know. Uh, Hotshot board short wearing West Coast guy, cool and calm and collective Max coming to New York. We're gonna show him. I was like,
0: "Slave man!" But don't Heath, be that was that early me. in your experience <laughs> in New York, right? Like, yes, that, that Looking was back at it, that was literally early. Looking back at it, were they really yelling and berating you, or were they just kind of doing that New York thing and you took it that way? I, exactly what yeah. you just
2: said. They <laughs> are doing the New York thing, and I took it that way because coming from L.A., I'm getting interviewed by Jim Hill. Right, Rogan, yeah, yeah. everything is calm, um, you know, everything is just like. Uh,
0: and it's also like a big off, fam out in L.A., yeah. L.A. media, it's like everyone's been there forever. In a yes. certain way, it feels like a small town that way. Like the media and all, oh. everyone in town loves the guys but on I the media. Love they New love York the athletes. Guys. No, I love my New York guys. I
2: love all those dudes, the Lynn Bermans of the world, the Steve Serby writers, oh, the yeah. Bob Glaubers, all them dudes. I love Bill mazer Bill, all the of them. energy, yeah. man. It's the man, energy all, all of day, them. every day. All of them, because they always are like, cool, I get it now. Like, But I'm 20-something years old. I'm coming from the West Coast. Man, I'm getting off the beach. I don't have time for this. <laughs> Y'all getting ready to kill my mood with the screaming and yelling. I just signed a $16 million contract. I don't have time for this.
0: Do you remember, Key, while we're on it, Jerry Girard? Yes. Jerry Girard was so good. He was on uh, Channel 11 on WPIX back in the day. Jay, he was before that. All the Sports Center guys were cracking jokes all the time. Everything he he kind of like invented the genre in a way. He was, you know, he got a little three minutes of sports casting at the end of your local news, and Ger- Jerry Gerard used to kill it. They're oh man, uh, go down memory lane. But on now, the great that New York you know, I look at it,
2: I got it now. It's New York. I had yeah, not a
0: problem.
3: It's just so funny yeah. as an athlete, man. I don't, I, how could you not take this stuff seriously? Like, how do you not take it personally? You know what I mean, Key? Like, well, if you, if when you're, I if first, you're, if, you're, if you're hold on, but if you're in your car. And you're driving to practice and you just happen to turn on 98.7 or you happen to turn on one of these stations and you hear somebody literally just letting their passion come out. But in a New York City type way, how do you not take that personal?
2: Oh, I took it personal because I had just got there. So I don't I've never run from the media. I just never was my deal. I didn't have a problem with people saying negative things about me because if that's the way you feel, you feel that way. As long as you don't put your hands on me. So I always would read the newspapers, listen to WFAN when I'm in my car after the games, hearing what they got to say. And now I laugh at it because I'm like, them dudes is just, that's just them. They can walk down the street going to get something to eat and screaming and hollering and yelling.
0: Yeah, right. It's not it's not it's not like they're coming out their face in a certain kind of way. It's just like saying hello or good morning. That's how we talk. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I could imagine the culture shock because no one did it more than like Mike and the mad, especially Chris. Especially Chris. He just kind of he's kind of like he's always like at a hundred just to say hello. Damn coffee you had this morning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, we live on it. It's mother's milk to us in New York. Keyshawn J. Willamex, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So another thing we love to do in New York, and this goes from at least since Steinbrenner bought the Yankees, right? Is we like to count everyone's money. We like to, <laughs> we like to know who because key, it's a real listen. What you know? What's the industry in LA? It's popular culture, entertainment. Yeah, yeah. We export. Okay. Our number one export in this country is popular culture. That's the portal through which we do it in L.A. What's it in Vegas? It's gambling. You can point to different towns and say that's what it is there. In New York, Wall Street, I mean, there's lots. There's Broadway. There's this and that, but it's Wall Street, right? It's the money game. And, And, Key, you were talking about something earlier in the show that we need to get back to because the Seahawks Pro Bowl linebacker Bobby Wagner is signing. I heard he was looking for a one-year, $11 million deal. He's getting a five-year, $50 million deal worth up to 65 with the Rams, according to Adam Schefter. He's staying in the NFC West. And here's the question on my mind as a New Yorker, Key. Where are the Rams getting all this money? Isn't there a salary cap? You keep saying there's no cap, but well, how are they able to – I mean, they let Von Miller go, but then they, they seem to give Stafford a new deal. This one gets a new Ramsey. You get a car and you get a – I mean, like, you know, and now 50 – How this happen? Well, when you got
2: deep pockets like Stan Kroenke, you could do that. And you kick the can down the road. You manipulate the salary cap. You look at the you, 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 you look down the road to 23, 24, 25, where the television money and the salary cap will explode. And you project on those sort of things. And they got a great capologist in terms of doing that. A lot of teams don't have that. Plus, a lot of teams, Max, don't have deep pockets. And I know it sounds crazy. It, it, that when you say an NFL owner doesn't have deep pockets, well, not to the point where they're just going to be giving their money away. Okay, they 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 own percentages of teams. Some of them are minority owners. Some of them are majority owners, and some don't have partners at all. And so Stan Kroenke doesn't need a partner. He's good. He he can write the check any day of the week. Uh, David Tepper, Carolina Panthers, any day of the week. Jerry Jones wrote the check years ago got rid of his partners, and now just him and his family own the team, and he can spend money wildly like he choose to. When you got other people like the Pittsburgh Steelers, they got partners. So they they approach it a little bit differently. Interesting, key. The, the Las Vegas Raiders a little bit differently. The New York Jets and the New York Giants, they don't mind spending money in free agency or
0: rewarding their players. They give out contracts and give out big guarantees. Is that money? because the owners are more li- like you were talking about earlier in the show? It's fascinating to me. So, look, it's a league with a salary cap, and there's a minimum. Like you can't spend less than like ninety percent of the of maximum, right? So everyone's within ten percent. What difference does it make? But what you seem to be saying is, the more liquid an owner is, the deeper their pockets, the easier it is for them to maneuver, right? So it does make a difference
2: because you can you can take and pay. Stephen Ross can pay Tyreek Hill. 70 plus million dollars in 24 months because he has the money on hand to do it. Stan Kroenke could build his own stadium for 5 billion. Think about what what he just did, Max. He bought the land, he hired Jerry Jones and Jerry Jones's company, wrote the check for 5 billion dollars or at least committed to a 5 billion dollar layout for a stadium. He didn't go to the city, he didn't go to people saying, "Let's raise taxes." He said, "You know what? I want a stadium." Stroke the check. Because I can do that. Steve Ballmer, L.A. Clippers, I can write the check. Give me a new stadium. All right, in fact, I'll buy buy MSG Great Western Forum from you so I can
0: build the stadium because I got that type of money. And you're saying Johnson and and Tish in the case of the Giants, really in terms of the money guy – these guys are liquid and deep-pocketed like that, right? They can just – they want to sign a guy, they put the money in escrow, they got the cash, here's the guarantee, done, we're
2: done. Look at teams – I want you to do the exercise when you're bored at home tonight and those who are listening to the radio. Just take a look at the teams that don't – are not very active in free agency and like to shell out big money. The ones that don't is because they owners are not as flush or they have multiple minority partners that they have to go to to get approvals on what money to spend. When you think about the Green Bay Packers that don't have an owner, they're not active big in free agency. They got a lot of layers to go through to be able to shell out the money that when a normal owner like David Temper is like, H- how much you need? You need another $400 million? Okay, call call Stacy and she'll get it to you.
3: No problem. It's just crazy, key. Because even when you look at basketball, like a guy named Robert worth, you know, owner of the Memphis Grizzlies, we were talking about yesterday with um, Wendy Brian Windhorst, you know, worth sixteen point one billion dollars. But you just, you know, in basketball, the salary cap. You go over that cap, you get taxed so much. It's just so interesting. It's like financing a car. You, you could put a lot of money down right away, and that's a way to kind of wiggle around the salary cap. Key, like you mentioned, like essentially for Deshaun Watson, you put two hundred and Thirty million into escrow, right, and it just sits there and waits for him while every you still have to fill out the rest of your roster.
2: Yeah, and and that two thirty is going to gain a little interest that'll probably go back to the owner um, as that two thirty sits there. Golden State Warriors in basketball, they got owners that got cash,
3: Laker, so they man. don't
2: mind going over the luxury tax if they needed to. They didn't. It's like oh, okay, well, we got plenty of money.
0: And that's the way you look at it. Do you think that has anything to do? You mentioned the Steelers. When we look at that, and I thought it was a great move at first go get Trubisky, right? It's a modest move, but it made sense. Now that Watson is in the division, I don't like it as much as I did when it was Baker in the division. But is that why Pittsburgh functions that way, Key? Not just like an old school, like good fundamental, you know, original football team. But is it because if Deshaun Watson's available, let's say they were so inclined to get him, even with the 22 civil cases and everything, that, that they don't have $230 million just to put in escrow just like that, right? Is that one of the reasons they go the Trubisky route? You know, I, I don't know that that would
2: be the reason, but they certainly shop more frugal in the free agent market than,
0: let's say, some of the heavy hitters. The final four is this weekend, and that's not the only champion that will be crowned. WrestleMania 38 in AT&T Stadium. Jerry's World. Hot ticket right now. Hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. And by the way, WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl. It's not like UFC, like UFC 10 billion 56. It's one a year. I remember the first one. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Guys, we are joined now on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max ESPN Radio by Charlotte Flair, six-time WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. Charlotte, thank you for joining us this morning. What's going on? (laughs)
1: Thanks, thanks for having me.
0: So you're going to be the main uh, event, first night of WrestleMania on uh, Saturday. Second time you'll have main evented WrestleMania, right? I know. It's crazy. What's that like being the headliner Um, of the WWE's biggest event of the year?
1: I think for me, for Saturday, um, it's a bunch of things. I won the inaugural raw women's championship here at WrestleMania 32, my first WrestleMania and retired the Divas championship. And then to see my career come full circle, come back to WrestleMania, the main event wrestling Ronda Rousey, um, I don't know how it feels. I'm trying to hold all my emotions together. You know, I I guess it'll hit me after it hasn't hit me yet. I think just because I put so much pressure on myself.
3: Charlotte, do you feel like you approach the main event at WrestleMania differently than other events?
1: No, because I think that's what um, has gotten me so far. Like every, whether I'm on TV for a minute, five minutes in a match or not, every second counts. And I always want to have the best segment on whatever show I'm on. So not looking at, I mean, looking at things like, oh, well, it's the main event or, oh, I'm not the main event. I, I approach everything with the same intensity.
2: Charlotte, you, you mentioned Ronda Rousey and uh, what, what's it like being in the ring with her?
1: <clears throat> One, I have so much respect for her. Um, But two, What's it like? Well, you have someone with a legitimate background, um, so her instinct is second to none, and I think that's her biggest advantage. Hmm.
0: So, what was your reaction to hearing Triple H was retiring from uh, from in ring action? Anyway, Charlotte.
1: Um, it was a little hard to hear.
0: What about I a minute? Or-
1: well, just because one, you know, I'm one of his NXT kids. I'm WWE homegrown. Like I started at NXT with his, um, when he took FCW over and turned it into NXT, the developmental system, which turned into the third brand. And to know what his career means to him and to see that, you know, he's not going to wrestle again and to know what that, I, I can't imagine what that feels like. I mean, he is this business. He's one of the greatest of all time, um, and you just never know when your career is going to be over. And he he inspired a generation of talent today. Like we are here because of characters like Triple H, and we want to be like him. Um, so yeah. But most importantly, he's healthy and um I think we just pray for that every day.
2: Charlotte Flair, Queen of Wrestling, join us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So when you when you get ready to approach these main events and hyped up and and I just want to know from from my own athlete mind, and you know you're getting ready to go to battle in this ring and you got I don't know, Jerry's world is gonna seat eighty thousand people screaming fans. What's that feeling like as you come through the tunnel to enter the ropes and you just <laughs> you can't really see who's in the crowd, but you know that they're there. What's that feeling like?
1: So when I first started, I wasn't able to really pinpoint like like look into people's eyes. I was kinda like, Don't fall, don't mess up. Where do I look? little confident, um, but now I really do, when I'm walking down the ramp, take a moment to try to catch people like like look them directly in the eyes because they'll remember that moment, you know, um especially on SmackDown when I see little girls or little boys just like screaming over, and I'll look over at them, and I'll give them a wink, and they're like, Mom, Dad' so it's not just a sea of people anymore now it's like i'm not as i can be in the moment versus okay breathe don't faint don't fall
3: (laughs) so i'm curious what do you what do you think is more difficult like having the main event at wrestlemania in dallas or like key playing wide receiver for the dallas cowboys which
1: one is what
0: what do you think is more difficult?
1: <laughs> I'd, I'd ask Key that. Well, <laughs> key
3: that. The two of you. The two of you. It's for both of you guys. One uh...
4: just
1: takes athleticism. The other takes athleticism, um, acting on the fly, ah. controlling an audience. Ah, I mean, yeah. just. Huh? Yeah, Charlotte. The, that's what I'm talking there's about. Levels to it. That's what I'm there's talking levels. about, Charlotte. Yeah, by the time this segment level. is over, I was to Charlotte. Get you too, by the Charlotte. time this segment is over, we're
0: going to have key in the WWE. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, you will
2: not have me anywhere near WWE and WWE anything else because that stuff looked like it hurts, and I'm not. <laughs> but touching. you
1: played receiver
2: for yeah, eleven I, I years in no. the NFL. Hey, Charlotte. Yeah, I, but I, when you diving on concrete and having people anything. hit you we with get chairs. a lot of
1: football players that come in here that just. I mean. Just because you're a Division One athlete doesn't mean you have the grit to do what it takes here. Oh. Exactly. You you have on exactly. Hey, Charlotte. I don't know.
0: Charlotte Flair, six time WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. I don't know if you know who you're talking to, but you are speaking to Keyshawn Johnson, 24th best receiver in the history of college football.
2: Don't listen to him, Charlotte. It's okay. don't, I'm don't, the don't listen to that.
1: 13 time Women's Champion, the most decorated woman in sports entertainment. Oh. That's who you're talking to. That's okay.
0: right. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Charlotte, I hope you've learned a valuable lesson today, Key. Hey, Charlotte, Max, ask, <laughs> you, you were
3: born, you were, I'm born
1: you were born in
0: North Carolina, right?
1: Charlotte, yes, sir. Yeah,
3: Charlotte, North Carolina. So I have to ask you, I went to school at Duke. I played basketball at Duke, Duke and UNC, meeting this weekend in the Final Four. Not sure if you follow basketball, but do you, you have any interest in the game?
1: Went to NC State, um, lived on Chapel Hill's campus. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a, like a spectacle, It's like when you see, I don't know, like Georgia, Florida, uh, Auburn, Alabama. I mean, I don't have a particular team that I want to win. I just know it's going to be exciting because the rivalry runs so deep. Facts. Awesome.
0: Charlotte Flair, Queen of Wrestling, we thank you for joining us today, and best of (laughs) luck
2: Saturday night. Thanks, Charlotte. I might get her to jump off the top ropes. I appreciate it, you guys. (laughs) <laughs> to your head, Max. Bye. What did I do? You what tried to start something with me. she
0: answered the question that way. I did. I sure. tried to. I tried to get something going. It's true. Guilty.
2: Watch her pick you up right between your legs and drop you on your shoulder with
0: a, <laughs> with a with a steel chair by the way yeah, they steel keep chair. They, I, I don't know why they keep those chairs under the ring it just seems dangerous to me it seems I like it's a very convenient uh, weapon to use and, and if really, i were the wwe i might want to keep those steel chairs backstage instead of right under the ring it just feels to me like we'd have fewer of those incidents speaking of duke unc a 2001 national champion who says he was in when he was in school it wasn't even a rivalry.
5: Keyshawn, Jay
4: Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric e Bikes today, the number one selling e bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
0: Kijan, J. Willimax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Coach K is going for his sixth national championship this weekend in New Orleans, and two members of Coach K's third title team caught up yesterday. Here's our very own J. Will. With former teammate and Warriors assistant GM
3: Mike D, my man, you had a chance to be in San Fran for the Elite Eight. Tell me what it was like to watch Duke cut down those nets. I mean, we did it a couple of times together, but how was it to see Coach K do it in his last hurrah?
5: Yeah, I mean, this is it. Just feels like a special ride. Uh, obviously, we were down there for the game against Carolina, which didn't go so well. Although it was a great weekend and you know, great celebration. Uh, so. These last few weeks have been, you know, pretty exciting for us to kind of for the Duke team to pull it together and start playing well. And uh, the San Francisco crowd was great. The Bay Area came out pretty strong in support of the Duke people. And, um, you know, just seeing Coach cut down those nets with those young guys. Uh, I mean, I think there's a sense of everything from excitement to joy to relief. Uh, and, it, you know, as you mentioned, it brought back memories.
3: So I, I had a moment during the Duke Carolina game where I was jumping up and down yelling and I turned around and you had your hand on your chin as if you were surely there to evaluate talent. And then I realized, I was like, Oh yeah, Mike D is part of the front office for the golden state warriors. And I'm curious, what have you seen from a player perspective, from an evaluation perspective, from where this Duke team was in the middle of the season compared to where they are now?
5: Yeah. I mean, the talent's always been there. I think just in general, the growth um, it's it's kind of coming together. They're figuring out how to play with each other, um, you know, and so the town the, the was really never a question. It was just how does the whole thing fit? And that goes into, you know, coaching and practice and all that. And Clearly the, the staff there has done a great job and they put themselves in a position here this weekend where uh, they got a chance to do something special.
3: You know, I can't believe I never even asked you this question. I mean, we've only known each other since we were 16 years old, but how the hell did you even end up going to Duke? How was Coach K during that process?
5: Well, he told me you were going there. So I was like, oh, I, I, I get it." <laughs> Lies. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, honestly, you know, just probably like yourself, evaluated, you know, a bunch of universities and schools that recruiting me and took a visit and visited a, bu- visited a bunch of other schools, including Carolina, and had some great choices. But ultimately, I think, you know, my relationship with Coach K uh, was huge during the process and just the opportunity to go to, you know, a school with a global brand like Duke. Um, it's, it's, you know, p- people attend from all over the world. And it, it's just such a special school that I felt academically and athletically. It was, it was the right fit for me.
3: It's crazy that these two teams have never even met in the NCAA tournament. But tell me about how important and how significant this game will feel on this type of stage in the Final Four.
5: I imagine it's a little bit like our game against Maryland. We played them in, in the Final mm-hmm. Four in the semis. Having had played them three times earlier in the year, knowing them so well, uh, it's pretty rare to meet, I think, a conference opponent in in the final four. But here we are. Um, you know, these teams know each other really well, so there'll be no surprises. And, um, you know, I think, you know, frankly, Duke's the the better team, the more talented team. If they play well, they'll win. But um, you know, it's a, it's a one and done scenario and, and Carolina's got a lot of confidence and, and then they'll play well too. All
3: right, Mike, give it to me. Your favorite Duke UNC moment.
5: Well, everybody talks about the rivalry, but you know, when we were there, let's be honest, the rivalry was probably more with Maryland. Um, we didn't, I think, what were we like seven or eight and one against those guys? When we were there. So it wasn't much of a rivalry, but I think my favorite moment was, uh, you know, our sophomore year going into Carolina after Carlos got hurt and everybody thought our season was over go in there, get the win. and It kind of propelled us to go on to win the national championship. And so winning winning over there was a lot of fun and, and probably a memory I'll remember the most.
3: Every time I see your brother on TV, I start laughing to myself because I've known Baker since he was a little kid. And now he's a grown man and the head coach of Quinnipiac. But I know he went to Villanova and he coached under Jay Wright for a long time. So I have to ask you, what do you think it'll be like if your little brother's former school and your former school meet in the national championship game?
5: Well, we know, I mean, it'll be a little divided, but uh, I think we know where my allegiances are. So I'll, I'll be pulling for Duke. Uh, Villanova is obviously a great school. They built an amazing program. Um, you know, my brother went to school there and played, you know, walked on the team there. And this is a big part of the program. But, um, you know, there's not there's there's not a lot of indecision on my end. Uh, I'll be pretty pulling pretty hard for, for Coach K and Duke.
3: All right, last question for you, Mike. Better three point shooter, you or JJ Redick?
5: Oh boy, that is a good question. Um, <laughs> JJ made a lot of threes, man, in college and the pros. Uh, but you know, um, I'll toot your say own horn, I, Mike. Toot your I'm, own horn. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in my abilities, uh, but. You yeah, know, JJ's had, J.J.'s had a great career. I don't know. You, you guys are going to have to pick that one.
3: I appreciate you, brother. Always a pleasure to have you rock out with us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max.
5: All right. Sounds
2: good. Thanks for having me, dude. So, who was the better shooter, Jay?
3: Uh, I, I think J.J. Red might have got it. But, you know, Mike came into college 6'3", just FYI. Mike came into college 6'3", 6'4". By the time Mike left college, our junior year, Mike was 6'10 and a half, 6'11". He had that much of a growth spurt over the time. That's insane. The dude went from like he had point guard skills, and then he went to being a power four
2: with that's point guard skills. Yeah, that's what I was about, yeah, was about to ask you. It. Did they switch his switch his position?
3: But we were laughing about this during the interview. Like my, our record against Carolina was seven and two. Like we dominated Carolina. That wasn't our rival. Our rival was against Maryland. We saw Maryland my sophomore year four times throughout the season. We saw them two times in the regular season, three times in the ACC tournament, ACC championship, and then we saw them again in the final four. When we were down 22 points. But when you think about it, you know, I was recruited by Dean Smith. He retired in 97. And then that's when Bill Guthrie took over, Key. And mm-hmm. Bill Guthrie was head coach from 97 until 99, yeah, 2000. Fooling with that. And then when Matt Doherty took over, that was during the time that we were playing against Carolina. We were just running them into the ground. And then Roy Williams came on the scene in 2003. And that's when North Carolina... What did he do,
0: Jay? How did he do it? How did Roy Williams take it to the next level? And he got killed for this because a lot
3: of my friends in North Carolina fans, they'll always be angry about the fact that Carolina didn't have a lot of top 15 draft picks. Key, how many draft... I remember he went
2: through that little bit of spurt where he wasn't really producing the NBA guys like that. How
3: many top 10 NBA draft picks do you think North Carolina has had at their program since 2012? Key, take a quick guess.
2: Probably... Three. One. One.
0: One. Where Dukas had ten. That works for North Carolina though, right? But why but
2: why let me ask you this though, Jay. Why though? what is it? Because is it- Roy was recruiting for guys that
3: weren't the top tier guys. He was recruiting for guys that he could build a program with, guys that stay would stay two, three, four years. Might make oh, the league, okay. but maybe okay.
0: in the second round, maybe out of the G League, something like that. But right? then Coach Ellington's, K. Those type of players. But
2: then Coach K flipped the script because he didn't – he wasn't dealing with one-and-done type dudes before, though, right?
3: Exactly, Key. And then Coach K went with the one and duns. But, like, it, it was the way Roy took a different recruiting style, which I it's paid dividends. I mean, think about this team for Hubert. There's been nobody on this team that has made it to the NCAA tournament with the exception of one player, and Brady Manic. And now they're in the Final Four. But look what they're doing: two, three, four-year guys. Whereas Duke, their entire the team that plays most,
0: they're freshmen and sophomores. It's almost like international competition when Team USA doesn't fare well. It's because even if, we, it like, you know, you look, oh, they have this guy and that guy, and you're like, yeah, but that's like one all-star, not even, that's a starter and a bench player in the NBA. Why are they beating us or even competing with us? Because they've been playing together for years and years and years on the national team, and we're throwing a bunch of extremely talented guys together, but not as much of a team, Think right? Think about the
3: last team that won it for, for Duke and Coach K, 2015. I mean, you're talking about an old team. This you're is talking about a veteran-led team.
0: It's ridiculous to suggest that anything would tarnish Coach K's legacy. He just got to the final four, at least in his final season coaching. But there is pressure because it's UNC. What what legacy could a UNC win have? You know, like what, what what legacy would it leave a UNC win in the Final Four? Retiring Coach K. G. sean J. Will and Max, the podcast.
2: Close, uh, close, uh, close to, uh, to the edge. edge. See, Melly uh, Mel was my
0: dude when I was a little kid. Loved Melly Mel. Uh,
2: ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I couldn't.
0: Did it? Did it hit on the west coast though? Because if Mel was hit. Yeah, this, this play. Hit,
2: this, this play because of the movies, the breaking and all break, that sort uh-huh, of stuff. Uh-huh.
0: The movies. What, what was the movies back there, backs Yeah, it was uh it was a uh, Beat Street. Beat Street. Breakin', 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 2? Breakin 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Crush groove. Yeah. Crush groove. Yeah, so I had it a hit key. I had an old school box, right? Like you know. Uh, uh, with the double tape cassette thing, saved heavier up. than you. Let me tell you something. I used to re- Melly Mel would come on the radio, and I would hit play and record at the same time to record it, right? So I wouldn't have to buy the tape, and then the then the play button would snap. So now I got to hold it down, but it would sometimes <laughs> slip. So I'd get like, "Don't," because te- b- t- um, clo- Edge <laughs> um, tr- like, you know, I don't I didn't know half the lyrics. So anyway, appearing on the NBA Hall of Famer uh, Kevin Garnett's kg certified podcast i love this seahawks wide receiver dk metcalf (laughs) guys listen to what he said his diet is this is what dk metcalf who has like the best physique in the world claims this is his diet
2: i'm a candy type person Oh, what i eat one meal a day drink one coffee and eat like three four bags of candy
0: what is that i mean he described it as waking up he does this. He has a cup of coffee. He works out. He drinks some water. Then he and, and then it's basically one big meal at dinner, and the rest of it's bags of candy. Key Key, to is that be possible? Twenty
3: four years yeah, old. I, I, man. I,
0: I guess now that I've now that
2: I've heard it, I guess you can eat one big meal a day. Drink some coffee. If you eat one big meal a day, you know you you're not hungry. You can you can eat on you can eat on nuts and stuff like that and be cool. I you, certainly can't. Understand he, it. you certainly can, because he's 24 years. Can't. This goes back to
3: my point I was trying to share with you guys before. No, you certainly Some can. Some guys are aliens, Key. Like even, even watching you in college, alien man. You look at it; he's 24 years old. He can eat that way and still be at. The yeah, that's that. Yeah. Epitome. Here's my question.
0: Here's my question. You you can only metabolize like let's say 35 grams of protein like in a meal, and then the rest is waste, right? So. How is he able to look that way, even let alone perform that way, when the rest of his diet's sugar and caffeine? Man,
2: when I played, I barely would eat too. Now that I'm thinking, like I would, and I would eat junk. Like I would literally eat Burger King and a cheeseburger from Burger King. Still and it's still protein. Fries. It's yeah, protein. But it's and like that's gross. That's can tra- You can't do that. It's, it's gross.
0: It's still protein. It's not just pure sugar and caffeine. Taco Bell. That's still protein. Can't do it. That's can't do it. eating Taco Bell. I mean, like, come on. I don't understand, man. Some people are just still different. Still
2: running a four flat. You're
0: like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on? I'm watching what I eat. I still got love handles and stuff, man. I- well, you need
3: to start training and actually work out.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. We're Go in, in the seconds. gym, not walk by the gym.
2: Keyshawn, <laughs> <laughs> J. Will and Max, the podcast.
0: who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You voted at KJ and Max on Twitter, and we listen. It's time for Choose Your Own Adventure. What should we talk about? It's 945 a.m. Eastern segment. What should we talk about? Okay, DK Metcalf's diet final got four. almost 20% of the vote.
2: The final four.
3: NFL
0: over-under has got 17 WrestleMania got 26 and a half, but the final four, 36 and a half. It is clearly, Jay, the final four. Key, you pulling for my
3: boys, Key? I can barely talk this
0: week. I'd like to see Coach K win
2: just because I think it would be a great story. And as I always say, good things happen to guys like that. And you could just tell it's set up perfect (laughs) for it to be a storybook ending, to lead. Sports center. to I mean, it's just set up perfect. It's set up perfect. There's no way at the start of the season,
0: or even in the middle of the season, that you thought that Duke would be in the Final Four. No way. The, the, you know, I hate to say it, guys. No one's picking this one team at all. No one is. And it would be so like them to upset the apple cart, Villanova. Like, wouldn't it be so like
3: them? Well, Villanova just lost their second best player to, uh, they had a little bit of an Achilles heel issue, Justin Moore. So that's a huge. Huge.
2: And then i like to see Villy too because of Jay Wright. I don't for some reason, Jay, I don't like I ain't never liked Kansas, no matter who was coaching there. Bill Seth, Roy Williams. I just, I've never been a Kansas fan like that. Because it, feel, it feels like to me, they never finished the day, almost like
0: Gonzaga. They never mm-hmm. finished the deal. Mm-hmm. Is that, am I right or wrong? I, I feel the same way. By the way, Duke finishes the deal. And if Coach K, like, I can't believe what's at stake in this in this game. To, you can't get bounced by UNC for the last game in your career. Or you could get to the finals by beating UNC. It couldn't have played out any better. This is insane. Mike Dunleavy Jr. spoke to Jay. You heard it moments ago on this show on the Duke-UNC rivalry.
5: You know, when we were there, let's be honest, the rivalry was probably more with Maryland. Um, we didn't – I think, what were we, like, seven or eight and one against those guys? We were there, so it wasn't much of a rivalry. But I think my favorite moment was, uh, you know, our sophomore year going into Carolina after Carlos got hurt and everybody thought our season was over. Going there, get the win, and it kind of propelled us to go on to win the national championship. And so winning winning over there was a lot of fun and, and probably a memory I'll remember the most. Yeah, he
2: just oh dissed them.
5: Well, we seven, seven, eight, eight we wins smacked. and
2: whatever.
3: We smacked – I, I got to tell you, though, like – <laughs> that was during the Matt Doherty years. That's when they had – I mean, <laughs> Key, here's – hey, Julius Peppers was on was a starter on their team. Oh, well, come on, man. Oh, He's a football yo, player. Well, but Julius Peppers could hoop, man. He set a screen on my ass one time. Now I was like, <laughs> yo, get away from me, man. But, like, that goes to show you where they were as a basketball program. Bernie Haywood, Chris Lang, Julius Peppers, guys like that. Um, but Roy Williams really took this program to the next level. And there were a lot of questions around – whether Hubert was really going to be the guy, like a lot of North Carolina fans, are like can he recruit? Does he bring that same kind of passion, that same kind of fire that Roy brought to the table? And look at him in his first year; he's taking the Tar Heels to the Final Four.
0: Man, if he could, if he could succeed, you know, like when you think about—I know it's not exactly in a oh, row—but Dean Smith, give this
3: man a raise.
0: Roy Williams. <laughs> Key, if, if,
3: if he ends Coach K's I, career in his first year as a head coach of North oh my Carolina. They're going to do his
2: that. deal. If they if he win it all, they for sure going to give him a, a raise. If he make it to the final, they're going to give him a raise. It's, you know, coaches, you know how that go.
0: I yeah. did this. Let me go back in.
3: Just saying it's one hell of a stamp to have on your resume.
0: You know, I can't believe it doesn't even seem real that it could, the stakes could be this high and the drama this great. Like it's playing out this is the dream matchup, this Duke, is a movie, UNC man. it's like they wait, they never have met ever in the tournament ever since the dawn of the universe ever, and then they do it in Coach K's final season in the final four. So I said perfect.
3: I think it's the biggest game in college basketball history. It, when I you really first do. said
0: that I thought no, you it can't be, but the more I think about it. What are the candidates? I mean, it's it's way up toward the top. If it's not number one, you have a hell of an argument that it is number one.
3: It's just, I mean, the thought that North Carolina could be the one school that can end Coach K's sixth opportunity to get a championship.
0: And then the other thing is, I know, like five, six, what's the difference? Six championships. Like, Wooden has so many, but it was B.C., right? Think about we This is the modern era.
3: We've also had this conversation about who's next in line. Let's say hypothetically – Jay Wright wins. Mm-hmm. Jay Wright wins. That'd be three. He's had three. Yep. Yep. Like he'll be the only active coach with three. Yep. Other than I mean, and Coach K retires.
0: It's almost like Tom Brady toward the end, like against Patrick Mahomes, and we don't know if it's even toward the end with Brady yet. But yeah, you're right. Big difference. Like if it's six to two versus five to three, and the other dude's still going, who knows? I'm but saying. six to two, that 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 ship is probably
2: so sailing. Yeah, Jay Wright. If he wins it, he because Coach K will be gone. Jay Wright. Uh, Bayheim's out. How many? Bill, Seth. What, how many does Bill he have? One. One. So, so he's Bill, away. He'll, he'll Bill be wanted. No, but key, I
0: just mean like Jay Wright. Like if it's five. If Jay Wright's sitting on three, and Coach K ended his career with five, five Jay Wright has a chance to catch him. Oh but yeah. If Coach K yeah. got six, and Jay Wright's sitting on two. Good luck. Like there's so much at stake. Well, state. Jay.
2: Yeah. Jay. Yeah. Six. Six will put hey. you a little bit of a distance.
3: Jay Wright probably has another good ten. Ten, fifteen years, maybe. Like he's only sixty.
0: He's only 16. Yeah. But yeah, no. but even if it's ten or <laughs> even if it's ten, twelve, fifteen man. years, you're going to r- win the title That's every a, other year.
3: Seventy-five trying to recruit. <laughs> I mean, but he has three, and Coach K has five. Coach K. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Coach no, no, Seventy-five
0: years no, old. No, no. Five to three, he might catch him. That's six six to two, I'm saying. Like so, there's two, you got to fend off UNC. Yeah, six, six to two is a, a bit of a. You, I'm you pulling away at that three. point. Oh, it's five like Brady and Mahomes. Yes.
2: Yeah, the Well, I'm so saying, different. but Brady
0: was sitting on, what was it at the time, five? No, no, no it was six. It was six, and Mahomes had one. Six, yeah. But if but he's still at six, still and Mahomes six, at two six, all six of a and, sudden, Six and one
2: yeah, is yeah. still yeah, in yeah, the NFL. More. That's it's a long more. ways away. The college
0: basketball season's winding down, and that means we turn our attention to the Wendy's wooden watch. Go to ESPN.com and search wooden watch for the list of the wooden award nominees to watch as this season rolls on. The finalists were named this week, including Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, Drew Timmy, and the favorite to win Kentucky's Oscar, Chibwe. Uh, Chibwe. We got, Chibwe, we, yes. We've we worked way, through that, yes. Way, yeah, we've been through that one before. J- Jason, who are you going to select? In- Stop. Oh, we have Coach K on the show Stop. with us. Stop. This is an amazing get. I can't. Every time I hear Coach the K wooden, calls, I just see Keith. The Wooden Watch is brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. And I've got a. Wooden award winner right next to me. I saw one. That's right. Take the uh, take the Duke UNC game out, Jay. Let's just take that out. Who's Duke going to be playing on Monday? So I don't make. you I can't. I can't chips do it. Anything. I can't do it. Who will they be nope. playing? Nope. Okay. Who will the winner of Duke there UNC be playing? I'm taking Kansas.
3: I think Kansas is the better defensive team. And the loss of Justin Moore really does hurt Villanova, and I, I, I just with the guys they have, I, I think Bill Self gets to a national championship game. He Thanks gets him there.
2: there. We taught you
0: not to do that. We just concentrate on the game in front of you.
2: That's
3: well, right. This is quite
0: a thing to have a Coach K J Will reunion right here on the air.
3: Yeah, coach, anything you want to <laughs> coach? Anything you want to tell us before we right before go the into final the national, four? Yeah, yeah, final four.
0: <laughs> We're not that
2: good, and and our young players have certainly stepped up to the plate for us. And I remember when we had Shane and Jason and, and, and Boozer playing with us and, we're going to be all right. We just got to continue to just keep playing the nasally, hard.
3: the nasally thing you do with the nose. That's the <laughs> what do you mean, other? you?
2: Don't talk to Coach Gay that way. Jay, how dare you? That Jay was your tried, coach. I know you tried to fight him once, hey. but that's still your coach. Max. Yeah. He tried to fight his head coach. He yeah. physically went after him Key. and attacked Key. his head coach. I've seen, I've seen
0: videos and pictures of you and John Gruden. But that ain't.
3: I don't. Keyshawn, that's Jay,
0: different. Will, he wasn't and Max Greeny coming up in a matter of moments. We're back Monday, six a.m. Poo. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too.